Judges. We're going to go to chapter 13. Sound familiar? Actually, let's just skip over chapter 13. I'm going to save you all all that. Let's go to chapter 14. And Samson, verse 1. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughter of the Philistines. Now, therefore, go get me to wife. Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, among all my people? And thou goest to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said unto his father, Go get her for me. Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. You may be seated. Samson had a problem. He had a looking problem. His eyes deceived him. Some say that your eyes deceive you. Things are not always what they seem to be. You might see one thing uh, and perceive one thing, but in all actuality and reality, something else might be going on. You never know when that beautiful woman walks into church. My wife. Amen. She was afraid I was going to call somebody else beautiful. I seen the look. She's like, what are you talking about? Walks into church. You don't know the stress and headache it takes to deal with a husband that's walking around the house with his Bible going, okay, Lord. And she has to get three kids ready. She's a super mom. And make brownies for tonight that have coffee frosting. And then leave them. We're going back for them. Don't worry. Amen. Hallelujah. Two hours for them brownies. I will trick it. I'll do it. But you don't know what that woman had to go through to get those babies. That beautiful hair on Clara. Lord of mercy. Her hair is beautiful. All nice and pretty and curly. And Jeremiah's comb over. Looks just like his daddy. Hopefully he'll have more hair by the time he's 20. And, and, and Lucas diaper changed and Lucas, nice. You don't know. It's not always what you see on the outside. Somebody that comes in that has dirt under their fingernails, uh, that stinks to the high heavens, that haven't taken a shower, does not know what bodily hygiene does to other people, nor to themselves. That that doesn't care about things in their life that we care about, like deodorant and and th- and, and we automatically perceive that person, categorize that person, put them in their place, in our minds. Things are not always what they seem to be. I've seen a video where a homeless man in the middle of church come up and sit at the front of the church and and starts disrupting service. and, And everybody in this church, it wasn't a Pentecostal service, and everybody in this church service kind of just blew the guy off. And they didn't know that it was the pastor. And he got up there and started crying. And he said, shame on me. Shame on me for not poking and prodding you. 
that every time a homeless person or somebody that is dirty and stinks or somebody, you know, because we might stink, but to God they don't stink. The Bible doesn't say anything about God's nose going fr- bouncing around, going from to the earth, seeing who he may smell. No. It talks about some big old eyes bouncing around the earth. Doesn't say anything about his nose. And we perceive people. We put them in their place and categorize people. But Samson's problem was temptation. And it all stemmed on his eyesight. Because he thought it looked good. He thought he might want it. He thought it, you know, it was it was pretty. It looked fun. It 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 was intriguing. It was sensual desires. It was it, it was all based on his eyes. And it, it's and I'll skip forward and then I'll go back to it. But it's kind of funny. It's not funny, but it's horrible. But it's funny that that's what the Philistines took was his eyes. They took his eyes. The very thing that got Samson in that predicament. Samson had a wife. Samson's wife. This wife that we're talking about, this woman, it, she later became, I wanted to read all this, but this, I started clocking this, and this is a lot of reading. It's a lot of reading. I'm not going to do it. Samson, this wife, and it came to pass that he goes and gets all these people and they have a feast in verse 10 and uh, all these companions come around him and, and Samson said unto them, I'll, I'll show you a riddle. And he gives these people a riddle. And, and then Samson's wife, verse 16, 14 and 16, and Samson's wife, wept before him and said, Thou dost hate me and lovest me not. Thou hast put forth a riddle unto my, the children of my people, to the guys that are around you at this feast, at your wedding feast. We're getting, you know, we're, we're married. And, and you, you told these guys this riddle. And you hate me. You don't even love me. I, and Samson says, she, she, she was saying that you have not even told me the, the question or the, or the answer to this riddle. And he said unto her, Behold, I have not told it to my father nor my mother. Shall I tell it to thee? Question mark. And she wept before him seven days while their feast lasted. And it came to pass on the seventh day that he told her, because she lay sore upon him, she wore the dude flat out. Nag, 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 nag. That's, all, that's, that's Logan 101. Nag, 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 nag. Nobody wants me to say what I'm going to say. But a nagging woman or a nagging man. You can get a lot of stuff done. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you go to your spouse and you go, hey, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I have this? Can I have this? Can we go here? Can we go here? Can we go here? Hey, baby, can you mow the lawn? 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 Nobody's ever had their wife say, can you mow the lawn? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I usually mow it. <laughs> nag, 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 nag. Wore the dude out. I'm going somewhere. We're going to get there. And finally, he tells her the, the answer to this riddle. And the men of the city come to him, and they give him the answer And Samson goes, there's only one person I told this answer to. And they said it exactly. It was his own wife. She wasn't trustworthy. 
And his parents, his parents were trying to tell Samson, hey, can you, can you pick somebody over here in your own brother, in your own, I don't want to say sect, but your own, your own town. Let's just say that, your own town. Can you pick somebody over here? Why do you have to go over there? And we see that his first wife wasn't, well, his only wife wasn't trustworthy. And now I'm going to skip a lot. And we're going to go down to verse 15. And we're going to go to verse, or chapter 15, verse 4. Samson gets so mad at these dudes. They gave him the riddle. And the, and the, and, and the end result of that riddle was, if you get the riddle right, I have to go buy you some clothes and do some stuff for you. But if I get the riddle right, i got to go buy some sheets and some clothes for you. And they got the riddle right. So what he does is he goes kill some dudes and takes their clothes. Then he goes and takes fox's tails. Oh, sorry. But, but then they give Samson's wife to one of his companions. Brother Hanson just told us last week. Verse 20 of chapter 14. But Samson's wife was given to his companion, whom he had, whom he had used as his friend. Samson went through a lot. And then Samson, when he come back to visit his wife, his father-in-law says, hey, we gave your wife to one of your friends. And Samson then gets mad. Well, it doesn't say that. It says, and Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put the firebrand in the midst between the two tails. And when he set them on fire, he let them go on this corn, and it burnt all this corn down. And the Philistines got so mad, verse 6, and said, Who hath done this? And they answered, Samson, the son, son-in-law of the Timnite, because uh, he had taken his wife and given to, her, to his companion, his friend. And the Philistines came up and burnt her and her father with fire. They killed his father-in-law and his wife. So then the Philistines went, uh, uh, so then Samson said unto them, Though you have done this, yet I will avenge avenged of you, and after that I will see, cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with the great slaughter, and he went down and dwelt in the ro- top of the rock of Etham. And then we find that Samson, on top of that rock, the men of Judah come up to Samson because the Philistines were encamped. And the men of Judah, 3,000 men, come up to Samson. And they said, Samson, you need to come with us. You're going to have to come with us. We're going to tie you up, and we're going to take you to the Philistines. And Samson says something that's it's pretty amazing. He says, I will go with you, but, but please, will you promise me that when I go with you, you won't kill me. You won't kill me. And they said unto them, we are come up to bind them, verse 12 that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spoke unto him, saying, No, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee to their hand to the Philistines. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him back up and brought him up from the rock. They, brought him, they took him down. And when he came up to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords were upon his arms, became as flax that was burnt with fire. And his bands were loosed from his hands. And he found a new jawbone of a donkey and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men 
with a donkey's jaw. You're saying, Logan, we know the story. We heard this story last week. I know. Give me a little bit. And Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, and with the jaw of a donkey have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking, how much effort would it go in to slay a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey? I think of the turmoil that's in this world right now. And I think of World War I and World War II and Civil War and the Revolutionary War and the War of 1812 and the, the, the uh, Mexican-Indian War. That There's so many wars. And, and how easy it is to take a man's life with a bayonet or with a musket or with an M1 carbine or with a... <sighs> it's so easy to take somebody's life with a gun or with a knife. But how hard... Was it with the jawbone of a donkey? How tired was Samson after he slew a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey? How weary was he when, I just want you to get your mind rolling just a little bit today. How tired was he? Wore out. Wore out in so much that right after he got done speaking in verse 17, It says that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and he called that place Jawbone Heel. And he was sore athirst and he called upon the Lord. And he said, Thou hast given this great deliverance unto the hand of thy servant. Now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. He was saying, I am wore out, God. I'm so wore out that I am so thirsty. How thirsty would you be? How long can you go without water? How long can I go without food and water? Not very long. It's so easy to go to the convenience store and get you a soda pop and quench your thirst. But for Samson, there was no water. And he said, God, I'm so thirsty that I'm going to die. And because of my thirst, I'm going to be weak. And because of not just the thirst might kill me, but that I will be put in, I will fall into the hands of the uncircumcised. So the thirst is going to get me so weak that I'm going to die and then the Philistines are going to take my body and what are they going to do to my body? Well, they would probably cut his head off and take his body and they'd parade it all through the countryside. Look who we got. Look who died because he was thirsty. But the Bible says that God, but God, clave a hollow place that was in the jaw and there came water there out. And when he had drank, his spirit came again And he revived, wherefore he called the name of that place. And I cannot pronounce this Hebrew word, but it means the fountain of him that prayed. I started looking that word up, and there's several definitions, but one of the main definitions is the fountain or the spring or the brook of him that prayed. It became a place, and to this day, it is still there in Lehi and to this day. 
and he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines, 20 years. Logan, where are you going with this? We have got to be thirsty for God. We have got to be hungry for God. In so much that just like Samson, we go through battles and we go through things. And when depression's coming, anybody, don't raise your hand. Anybody ever battled depression or anxiety or loneliness? or When it comes and we felt like we've slain a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey, how many hits do I have to hit each one of those dudes to kill that dude? And I've got to deflect everything that's going on around me. Uh, this, this is my mind. He's trying to stop this guy while he's hitting this guy to, to stop this guy, to, to stop this guy, to hit that guy again. Okay, that guy's dead. Now his, oh, there's a guy, a thousand men. We go through things in our life that we feel overwhelmed and totally 100% drained. Like Samson, he found himself but Samson had it so made up in his mind at that point in his life. They said, God, I need you right now. I am so thirsty. I need more right now. I cannot go on. I am so thirsty. I don't want my body. You've given me this great deliverance, a thousand men with a donkey's jawbone, and now I'm going to die of thirst what? I should have died then. That was a thousand dudes coming at me with spears and axe and billy clubs and Tommy guns and atomic bombs and all these different things. They were coming at me and I, that's, this is when I should have died but it was after the battle. It was a little thing called thirst that would have taken Samson out. And he didn't want his body to be given to the Philistines. To be desecrated. To be totally destroyed. They would totally destroy his body. That's what they did when they were victors. They would take the enemy. Look what they did with Goliath. What did they do after the head was chopped off? Look who we got. Look at that. That's not what he wanted to happen. And that's what the devil wants to happen with you. The little thing after the battle so that his imps, little bitty things could come and chop your head off and go, look at this saint of God that fell into our temptation and totally quit on God and totally backslid and went out and did drugs and partied and drank and all this bad stuff. Over the little thing that came after the battle was thirst. Was thirst. He did not want the Philistines to get his body. Now, if we can go down, we find that he fell in love again. He had a looking problem. He wouldn't guard his eyes. He had a beautiful covenant, 
and commitment to the Lord that he would not cut his hair. Given from God, an angel came to his parents, Manoah, and they gave, they wouldn't even let his mother eat certain things because they said, listen, this boy is going to be on a race of his life. He's going to be running his whole life. And we don't want you to dress this way, act this way, eat this stuff, do this thing. We want to set these boundaries to protect this boy. Because when this boy lives, we don't want him to do this. God doesn't want him to do that. I, God wants him to have long hair. For, and, and God's going to use him so mightily. The Bible even says that Manoah didn't really believe Mrs. Manoah. I don't remember her name. Let's call her Mrs. Manoah. And so God, he, he, an angel came back again. And then he, the Bible says the angel did wonders in front of Manoah's eyes. Insomuch that he went up in fire. And Manoah says, now we're going to die because we saw God. That was, the, that was the beginning, the foundation of Samson's life was miracles. And now we see Samson... Looking at a Philistine woman again. Untrustworthy, backbiting Philistine woman that would prefer her own kind over him. What happens when you get married? You get married. Wow. A man and woman fall in love. They loll and fub. And while they were lolling the fub, they slopped their dripper. And when they go and they, or they, drop, they drop their slipper. Dad can tell you the story if you want to learn it. The story of Rendersella. And it's slop their drippers, drop their slipper. Okay. And they come up to a church to somewhere and they get married. And then they have babies. And then they grow old together and they struggle all their life. No, not really. And then they, no, God blesses them all their life. And God shows his hand all their life. Let's talk positive. And, and, and then they get old together, which is cool. Because I've heard that when you get old, you get to say whatever you want. <laughs> Amen. Granddad. He's laughing. I'm, people are like, I don't want to get old. I was like, I want to get old. I want to live long. Who wants to have a good life, a long, good life? Amen. <laughs> you get to say whatever you want. And, and that's what he was striving for, was something that his parents said, don't do this. Something that his parents should have, when he went out, still, if you're 18 years old, you can go out and do your own thing. But that doesn't stop you from still being Christian's parents, does it? No. You're still his parents. You can cover him. You can still go up to him. Hey, hey, Logan. Hey, you're doing wrong. This, you need to. You can still correct your kids even if they've left the house. It happens to me sometimes. Every once in a while. A lot. <laughs> a lot. But it's okay. That's what he was looking for. He had an eye problem. He perceived things as though they were, but they actually weren't. He had an eye problem. And so he starts looking at this woman, and I'm, I'm hurrying, I know. He starts looking at this woman. Her name was Delilah. Oh, wow, Delilah, what a pretty name. And Delilah, 
some Philistines found out that Delilah liked Samson and Samson liked Delilah. Wow, what a love story. And so they came to Delilah. Uh-oh, here's some conflict. They came to Delilah and said, we'll give you 1,200 pieces of silver. All of us will give you 1,200 pieces of silver. If you will go and entice your husband, or actually your lover, sorry, you weren't even married, and if you can entice him and find out where he gets this incredible God-given strength. Because Samson wasn't just the strong man of the world. He was the strongest man in the world. What other man can take the gates of a city and the posts and carry them up a hill and plant them on the hill? What other man? What other man? I've never heard of another man doing that. I've seen some strong men. I've watched on YouTube sometimes the strong men competitions. Anybody ever seen that? Where you have grown men with red face trying to pick up these big rocks. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Getting hernia after hernia. Surgery after surgery. Spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on protein shakes and steroids and supplements and being, seriously, it's a big thing. And then put into movies because you're the big strong guy. That's not strong. That's Star Wars. Uh, That's different. That's Darth Vader. That's different. That's not in my notes. <laughs> You're the strong guy. Samson wasn't just a strong guy. He was the strongest man that's ever lived. There's been no other man with strength as of Samson. I heard of Brother Tucker. The strength that Brother Tucker had when his dad was underneath a Volkswagen Beetle, an old Volkswagen Beetle, underneath an axle, and, and the little clamps that you put under there, broke and the axle went right down on his dad's chest and brother Tucker told me he said an amazing strength came upon me and I grabbed that Volkswagen Beetle with everything I had and ripped it up and pulled my dad out from under it and set it back down he said I felt like passing out after that adrenaline rush strength that can happen just like that because you got to know you got to save somebody your body can do things you don't even know your body can do it's incredible But that's not the strength that Samson had. His strength came from God. He had a covenant with God. He didn't do certain things because he had a covenant with God for the supernatural strength to do supernatural things. Who could go out and catch that many foxes? Who's caught one fox in their life? Okay. And then try to take a fox, tie another fox Together, tail to tail, and then light the sucker on fire? You know, like when you go to school and you're, you have little scratch marks from your kitten. Could you imagine all them foxes trying to get that man? And he's just sitting there. Using your imagination. Seriously, that's what happened. He was that strong. A scratching of a fox didn't care for this man. But he had a looking problem. And he saw this woman called Delilah. And from the beginning, the relationship started with her being approached by men. Already, she was wanting to betray him. Because they said, look, we've got 1,200 pieces of silver. 
and we'll give you this whole bag full of silver. If you can just find out where he gets this, okay, no big deal. In the next chapter, this is a side note. In the next chapter, uh, let's see, no, a couple chapters after that. Chapter 17, a priest was paid 10 pieces of silver for one year's worth of work. 1,200. She was set for life. So somebody come up to you, Jimmy, and says, I got five, not million, but billion dollars I'll give you right now. If you just tell me or just show me or just give me that one secret that we need to destroy your wife, to destroy your marriage, to kill her, to hurt her, no, no man, no woman in here would do it. I know they would. But that's how his relationship started with Delilah. And Delilah goes on, and I'm hurrying because I know, goes on, tries a bunch of different things, and you heard it last week, all these different things of how ties him up with this kind of rope and ties him up with that kind of rope and weaves his hair with the weaver's beam and pulls the pin in it. And every time, that the Philistines showed up and she goes, Samson, 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 and shakes him. And Samson just gets up. I gotta do it now. Nah, 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 nah. And walks off because he was strong, because God was with him. Even when he was flirting with the devil herself. <laughs> God was still honoring that covenant that he had made that Samson had kept even when he was playing with temptation and putting his very soul on the line. Samson, Samson, hey, hey, bub. Hey, Samson, listen, Samson. Listen, Samson, hey, Samson. Bro, listen, hey, man, listen. If you keep doing this, if you keep doing this, you're going to die. And the Bible says that Samson ultimately told her. Chapter 16, verse 15. Listen how familiar this sounds. And she said unto him, how canst thou say I love thee when thy heart is not with me? What does that sound like? Sounded like the other hag. The other one he wasn't supposed to be with. It's the same thing. Well, you haven't told me. You didn't tell me. You, you, you didn't tell me where your secret lies. And you didn't tell me the riddle so I can go tell on you. So I can get you in trouble. So I can bite you in the back. But you don't love me, Samson. That's just like the devil. That's just like the devil. Every time you're trying to do right and trying to do right and you slip and fall. Oh, look at you. Seriously. Nobody else? Okay, thank you, Sister Porter. Every time you slip and fall, it sounds like an, that old woman. There's the title of my message. That old woman. No, I'm kidding. His first marriage. You didn't tell me. Oh, Samson, how canst thou say thy loveth me, O Romeo? 
And when thy heart is not with me, thou hast mo- it's okay to laugh. Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherewith thou great freak lieth. And it came to pass, I'm going somewhere, and it's powerful. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily. Same thing. You'd think the guy would have learned. That's what his parents were saying. Samson, we know you're special. We know. It's like a, 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 a customer of mine. His, 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 I can't remember if his son or daughter. They, they uh, no, it, it was one of our people here. Uh, their, their, uh, their son is in school, and he's so smart that he's bored that he's acting out. He already knows the material. He's so bored, he's acting. They knew he was special. That's what his parents were doing. They knew he was so special. So they were trying to protect him from this very thing. But Samson, after she pressed him daily, verse 16, chapter 16, with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. From when my mama had me in her womb, inside of her, I was already blessed, ordained, destined for this very thing. She started it, and I'm acting upon what she started from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak, and I will be like, Brother Hanson hit on this, any other man. Because can any other man, Dad, stand up. Can any other man, Dad, can you slay 1,000 men with the jawbone of a donkey? No, sir. Brother Porter, can you, Brother Simmons, can you slay a thousand, nope. Can you, no, Brother Charlie, LJ, can you slay a thousand men with a jawbone? We can sure try. We can sure make a good effort because we are any other man. But he said, if you take this one thing away from me, he showed her all his heart. He opened up fully to this wicked woman that was out to destroy his life. If you just tell me this one thing, I will be yours forever. No, she was going to turn him over to the Philistines and they were going to chomp his head off because she saw him as any other man. But Jesus sees you as called, as chosen, as peculiar, as a royal priesthood. You're not just any other man. You've got one thing, one commitment, 
one consecrated thing between you and God. And if you ever open yourself up to the devil and say, you know what? This is what I have going on. I can't do this because of this. And I can't do that because of that. Don't even talk to the devil. Don't even put yourself in a position where you can communicate with the devil. Don't even worry about him. The Bible says the battle is the Lord's. So just focus on the Lord and he'll take care of him or her or it or whatever's trying to come at you. Don't communicate. No communication. Sometimes people come in my store and I will not communicate with them. Because I know they're there trying to start out a political pity party or trying to rouse some people up. You know them. And sometimes the best thing to do is just walk away. Learn that. Just walk away. Samson said, all you have to do is shave my head and I'll be like any other man. He messed up. He messed up on something his mother started building. On something his mother went through pain and agony to birth him, to give him something because it started in his mama's womb. She had to do stuff to keep him sanctified and holy. And now he's thrown it all away. Something his mom worked so hard for. And now he, all his life, he messed up several times. But it wasn't like this. This was different. He had exposed his whole heart. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come in at once. He has shown me all his heart. (sighs) Listen to this. And she made him sleep upon her knees. Samson, what are you doing? You're not even married to this woman. And you're allowing her to play with your hair and get you to fall asleep. And you're laying around and having fun. You're not even married to this woman. This is not even your wife. And she got him asleep again. Again was the thing. Again. On her knees. 19. And she called for a man. She didn't shave his head. She called for a man. And she caused him to shave off his head. The seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. Do you know what that word afflict right there? Look it up in the Strong's Concordance. That afflict right there means a lot. It's used, that that very word is used a lot of different times in the Bible. Do you know another meaning for that word? Depression. She began to depress him. How did she depress him? He's asleep. She afflicted him. She afflicted. When you open up your heart to things and open up your life to things, the devil can even afflict you in your sleep. You know what it is when you're not living right and all you dream about is dying and going to hell. I've been there. And all you can think about when you wake up is, oh, God, thank you for not coming. I know I'm not living right, but hello sin because it looks so good it looks so desirable it looks so breathtaking and awe-inspiring I just you just got to go after it and you know you shouldn't because you know the end result is affliction you know what those wages bring she began to afflict him 
I'm almost there. Because he told her his secret. And his strength went from him. And the Philistines, and she cried, Samson, the Philistines be upon you. And he woke up out of his sleep and said, I will go out as times before, as not as any other man, but as Samson, the strong man, and shake myself off. And with not, the Lord had departed from him. But the Philistines took him, and they put out his eyes. Wow. Why was it his eyes? Why didn't they cut off his arms and his legs? Why didn't they totally dismember his body and kill him? Why did they just take out his eyes? Could they have known that maybe just perhaps without his eyes and with his chains, chains of brass fetters around his legs, that all he could do was grind in a prison, grinding mill? Is it perhaps that they wanted to torture him with the thought of what he did, of how he failed? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But why was it just his eyes? It was torture. Burned out his eyes. Couldn't see. Head shaven. Two gaping holes in his head where his eyes used to be. The man, the myth, the legend. Samson. Walking with the Philistines as they take him to that prison. The humiliation, because they did nothing with his ears. The humiliation that Samson was going through while all those people said, <laughs> Got him. We got that man. We got him. We found out his weak spot. <laughs> Sounds like the devil, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That thorn in the flesh. That thorn became infected. <laughs> and then ultimately that thorn killed you, didn't it, Samson? Mm-hmm. It's over, bub. Oh, it was his hair. Why didn't I think of that? Just long hair. We should have cut off his hair long ago. He wouldn't have slain those thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Mm-hmm. What? It's that small? Mm-hmm. The humiliation that Samson went through that day. I couldn't imagine. We like to skip on to the end. But we never take, I've never taken the time to think about how Samson felt. How Samson felt. What Samson went through knowing that he had failed his covenant with God. Knowing that he had done the unimaginable by shaving his head off. Allow, and he knew he had done wrong. That old woman. That Delilah. It was fun. Do you think he's saying that now? No. Now he's not even thinking about the fun. Now he's thinking about my eyes. Oh, my eyes. Do you imagine the pain that Samson went through? Not just the humiliation, not just the emotional pain, but the pain that he went through because they took his eyes. If I shut the lights off, which I'm not going to, and everybody put their hand over their face and totally block out their eyes with the lights off, do you know what would happen if you tried to walk out of here? 
You'd stumble. You'd fall. You'd hit a green chair. Brother Carr might trip you and laugh. No. No. It would hurt. They're leading him. He can't see. He can't see the rocks that he's crashing into. He can't see what's coming. He doesn't know where he's going. The uncertainty that comes with failure is almost just as bad as the failure. Where am I going? What's going to happen? What did I do wrong? I know people in my own life that have failed in so much that their wives have left them. That have failed morally. And, I, and, and these people that I love dearly, I pray for them. I hurt for them because I know they got to go back to that house. And they got to take their kids away from mom. They got to take them to dad's house. Then they got to take the kids back to mom's house. And the pain that they see through their kids' eyes is worse than the failure. The uncertainty that comes with failure. And Samson, and he woke out of his sleep. And I will not go, I, I will not go out as any other times before. For the Lord had departed from him. And they take out his eyes. And his hair was gone. And in that prison house, there's only a little, little bitty, little bitty. End of verse 21. It says, but the Philistines took him and put his eyes out and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. That's it. That's all it said that Samson did after that. How long had that, had he been grinding? Before verse 22 happened. How be it the hair of his head began to grow again. After he was shaven. When the lords of the Philistines gathered together. How did he know that his hair was growing back again? His hands are, sh- his hands are chained. This is not in the Bible. His, his legs were chained. His hands were doing something. He didn't have no eyes. He had to feel the hair. How do you feel hair when your hands are constantly doing something and your legs are constantly doing something? Well, when it gets a little too long. When it gets a little too long. His hair started growing back. And he realized my hair, my hair, my covenant that I broke with the Lord. So the Philistines take him and they take him while they're rejoicing, Dagon their God. And saying, our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised, verse 24, chapter 16. Praised their God, for they said, our God hath delivered him into our hands of our enemy. And the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. What Samson was to them, they became to Samson. He was their destroyer. And now they're singing praises that they destroyed him. The destroyer's coming. Look, here he is. Bring him out. Let's make sport. Let's make fun. Let's throw tomatoes at him. Let's have some fun with the destroyer. The strong man. 
the man that had ooh, pretty long hair had a weird thing going. It was his covenant. Look what he did, but look at him now. Look at him now. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they called for Samson, that he could make sport of them. And they called for him out of the prison house. And he made his way out of the prison house and to this place that on top, the very top level, above him there were 3,000 people just above him. Just above him. The house was full, verse 27. And all the lords and the Philistines that were, and they were upon the roof, 3,000 men and women, and beheld Samson. And Samson called unto the Lord, verse 28. And said, O oh Lord God, remember me. Because in that prison cell, I thought about what I did. And I'm saying right now, Lord, I know you're far from me. I know you're departed from me. I know you might not have anything, want to have anything to do with me. But God, remember me. Remember me. God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. It was then that Samson had an understanding of truly where his strength came from. It's out of the fiery trial that we're so thankful for the grace and the mercy of God and His love and where our strength truly comes from. It comes from an altar. It comes from right there. When we pour out our lives, we open our hearts to God. But that's not all He prayed. He said, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. I was reading this story last Saturday night. And that struck me odd. Why was he praying for his two eyes? Why not all the years that he had lost chasing after these women? Why not say avenge me for all the things that I have done with these two women? Avenge me for them backbiting me and turning against me and turning my friends against me, the 30 guys that were with me, turning them against me. No, he just said my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which were on the, that, that the house stood on. And of the right hand and one on the left hand. And Samson said, Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. What an anticlimactic story. Because my mind, I know this story. I know what has fixed to happen. I know, pastor just preached it last week. I know that he pushes on the house and that it falls and it falls upon the Lord, on the Lord's, and upon all the people that were within, so that the dead which he slew in his death were more than which he slew in his life. 
He went out with a bang. And I've always thought that he was just this great hero. That he went out with this bang. I don't want to be like that. I told Brother Hanson, I said, what if he had prayed, God, avenge my eyes. And Lord, give me one more shot. Just one more. I will never again ever break this covenant that I'm going to make with you. I will never again cross these boundaries that even my parents had set up before me and I had struggled and strived to keep and uphold these fences that I had mended and I had trimmed every week and then finally just totally desecrated. I will never fail you this way again. But no, he prays, let me die with the Philistines. What happened back then when he slew the thousand men? What did he say? When he was almost dying of thirst. I don't want to be dead and left here and my body be given to these Philistines. I don't want to be dead and given to the Philistines. In other words, I don't want to die here with these Philistines. So what happened that he's saying that now? Why has he changed his tune? Anybody? Why? Did he change and say? And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. I was talking to a gentleman at my, my work, and he said, oh, it was an act of heroism. It was a selfless act that he said that ultimately killed himself. That he, and I, and I want to believe that. But that's not what happened. And you know what? God granted him his wish. And you know what ultimately happened? When he began to push on those pillars, God gave him strength one more time. And what happened? He died with the Philistines. And he killed more that day. Samson forgot why he was on this earth. Samson forgot what his purpose was. It was to rid the whole place of Philistines. But instead, he only killed a couple thousand. That's not in the Bible. It's not. But what happened between this chapter and this chapter? We see failure. We see what happens when somebody fails and they beat themselves up and they beat themselves up and they beat... It doesn't say that. Yeah, but Samson was human. He wasn't God. So I know, Brother Carr, he was sitting in that prison cell, grinding that mill, going, I can't believe I did that. I cannot believe I did that. The devil had him going in circles. I cannot believe I did that. Samson, you low dog. You no account. You failed God. You fail. You've fallen. You can't even get back up. Your eyes are gone. Oh, my eyes. I can't believe they took my eyes. In the big scheme of things, his eyes didn't matter. But his faith did. In the big scheme of things, your faith will fail you. But your hunger and your thirst will sustain you. 
there's going to be a faith crisis in your life. If you've already had one, if you are getting ready to have one, or if you're coming out of one, that the devil totally tries to entrap you, then all you feel like you're doing is this. Grinding at a mill. Grinding away in a prison cell. Thinking about all the times God had used him mightily. Thinking about all the times you missed prayer meeting over a silly thing. Thinking about all the times you got mad at pastor because he preached and hurt your little feelings. Remembering all the times that you said that thing about that certain person in church and it hurt their feelings so bad that they left. Thinking about all the times that you failed. Failure is real. We all experience failure in some way or in the other. I can't go on diets without failing. Failure's real. In a circle. Failure. Coming from a man that was thirsty insomuch that he cried upon the Lord and God gave him miracle after miracle. Took water and made it spring up from a donkey's jawbone. And he drank to now grinding, grinding meal. Failure. He was a failure. And in my eyes, maybe not your eyes, in your eyes you might still think Samson was this great. All those little, my grandma, when she was my teacher, she had these little felt boards. Anybody remember the felt boards? It has the little felt figurines that they take them and put them up there. She had millions of them. She was the felt queen, and she'd take the felts, and she'd tell the story. And I remember the story about Samson and how I thought he was so cool. thought he was awesome. And now, be careful what you pray for. Even when you know you failed God, God can still forgive you and can still restore you. God is a restorer. He's a God of restoration. I know He is. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it in my own life. And I began to think of how many times. And it was a whole week. It was a whole week, Brother Hanson. Not this week, but the week before. That the devil kept reminding me of failure after failure after failure. After failure, after stuff I had forgotten. Stuff that when I remembered, I became so angry with myself and with people that failed me. Failure after failure after failure after failure. Stuff I didn't want to remember. Old hurts, old bitterness that started coming down upon me. That whole week... careful what you pray for what if Samson had prayed God kill all these Philistines when I do this but let that stone that's right up there when I push out among these two pillars let that stone go around me and save me and hit these chains these brass fetters that are on my legs 
and crush these chains that I may be able to find something, some point of navigation and walk out of this rubble and walk over these dead bodies of these enemies that thought they had destroyed me and thought they had blinded me and blinded my vision and taken everything away from me and destroyed my covenant let me find my navigation my point of reference and let me make my way back to my father actually his father was dead it was his family could he have prayed that sure could have do you think that it would have happened I do it obviously God cared about him Because when he prayed this, God again gave him supernatural strength. So today, I'm preaching your failure is not your finish line. When you fall, you can get back up. When you fall, you can arise. When you fall, there's another day, there's another second. When you can give God praise and glory and honor and thanksgiving for not Taking him, taking you out when you deserve to die. Samson deserved what he got. And he prayed for what he got. Sickens me. Sickens me. Sickens me. Fallen. And now he's dead. If you can turn in your Bibles with, to Mark chapter 11. Logan, how can you say that if he prayed for that rock to just come and crush those shackles that were around him, that he could just walk out? How can you even say God would do that? Well, with this verse that's in red letters. It's in the New Testament, I know, but Jesus Christ himself said it according to these red letters. Chapter 11, verse 23 of Mark. For verily I say, or let's go to chapter 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whatsoever shall say, whosoever, sorry, shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, to a mountain. And be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he shall say shall come to pass, it shall, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What? Things soever ye desire when ye pray. Wow. When ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. That tells me that if Samson, (laughs) big Samson, had prayed, God restore me. I know the devil has licked me. I know I'm down. My eyes are gone. My head's shaving. I don't even look like what I look like now when I came into this. I look worse. I look horrible, God. My life's a wreck. 
I have failed you in so many ways. No other person that's had this kind of strength ever has. Because there hasn't been any other person that's had this kind of strength. No other person has been blessed with these kind of abilities. And I have totally failed you. Totally failed you. If you can turn to Romans. I'm almost done. Eight. That the righteousness, eight and four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walks not after the flesh, but after the Spirit? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things. Do mind the things that are that things of the flesh. But they that are of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. It's death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Do you know why the devil tells you that you can never make it after you failed him? Because your flesh can't make it after you failed him. But your spirit can. But your spirit can. Because to live in the flesh is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be. So then they that are of the flesh cannot please God but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit. So if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his fourteen. For if any, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Twenty-eight. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Thirty-one. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You don't feel like saying it when your eyes are poked out and your head's shaving off and you know and you can remember all the times that you have failed, 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 all the times that you have failed. The devil keeps nagging at you and nagging at you, but then you keep nagging at yourself and nagging at yourself and nagging at yourself and now it's not that old woman, it's that old man, that old fleshly man that keeps telling yourself, You can't be forgiven. You are forgotten. You can't be restored. He doesn't love you anymore. He's not real. He is gone. You are forsaken. Listen to this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Brothers and sisters, it's coming. Tribulation like this world has ever seen. It's coming. And it shall. And it should. Millions of babies' lives are gone in the United States because of Roe versus Wade. It should. 
makes God sick. The same things that were going on in the Old Testament when his people would turn to the other gods and they would sacrifice their babies. Same thing. What would God do? What did God do? Mm-hmm. But here it is. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or even the sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter you can stand brother Simmons if you'd come play please 37 nay in all these things here it is we are more than conquerors More than Samson. Samson conquered a great victory that day. The Bible says he killed more people that one very day with his death than he had in his whole lifetime. But brothers and sisters, you are more than conquerors. You are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You are blessed, you are loved, you are called, you are chosen, you are ordained. This is what I had to tell myself that whole week. Logan, you're loved, you're blessed, you're not forgotten, you're not forsaken. Jesus is right there. He's right by your side. He's closer than the mention of his name. I don't care what I'm going through. Me not talking to the devil, me talking to myself. I don't care, Logan, what you're going through. I know that God is faithful. And he's going to perform that thing which he started into you until the day that he returns. That thing that he gave you. The the abilities, Logan, that he gave you. The anointing that he gave you. If, If Logan just, if you, Logan, what you need to do, oh, Mr. Logan Jones... It's you need to get hungry and you need to get thirsty for the things of God because that's what's going to fill me. Those who thirst and hunger because instead of doing this, I have direction. I have direction. I have anointing. Saint of God, you're anointed. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're anointed. You're called. You're chosen, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Failure is not the finish line. What does somebody do when they prepare to race a marathon? Has anybody raced a marathon? Has anybody done any long, extensive training? Okay. Or bike a long time. Let me tell you, I had a, yeah. I had somebody come in my store. Right after he got married, he was out of shape. He wasn't in the shape he needed to be. Him and his wife were both bikers, bicyclists. And they started on a nine-day biking trip. 270 miles on bikes. And do you know what that did? It landed him in the hospital. It's exactly what it... 270 miles on a bicycle would land... 10 miles on a bicycle would land me in the hospital. He didn't prepare. 
He didn't mentally tell himself, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, when he wasn't eating everything he should be, or when he, wasn't, when he was abstaining from things that he, should be, he thought he should be eating. You can do this. You can keep on eating right. You can keep on keeping on. You can keep going. You can keep doing it. He wasn't doing that. And that's what ultimately landed him in the hospital. So brothers and sisters, I say to you, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? That is written, for they, for thy sake are we killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, I, I, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Logan, I'm more than a conqueror. Logan, you are more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a situation. My eyes may be poked out. I cannot see. My hair, my consecrated thing that I had for the Lord may be gone. I may have failed, but I am still His. Even though I may feel like He has left me, I can still just mention His name. And He shows up and He is there. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. If you could lift your hands and close your eyes just for a minute. Failure is not your finish line. If you have failed God in a way that you think is unimaginable, unforgivable, just remember that old grinding will that Samson went around day after day. Just remember that he also failed. Just remember that God loves you. and God can forgive you. And God will forgive you if you ask in his name and believe ye shall have it Jesus we love you right now we thank you for all you've done for us through us in us and with us God we give you praise glory and honor for what you're going to do with us we want to get in the vein we want to get in the pocket we want to get in the very place where I can be used by you and if it takes me forgiving myself getting over failure whatever it is if that's what it takes to get close to you God right now I need you right now I need you I don't want to die here dying of thirst letting the Philistines get my body God I need you now I need you Oh, God, I need you now. I'm not ready to leave. I'm ready to get a hold of you. I'm ready to raise my hands. If you need him right now this morning, you can come down to this altar. If you're tired, if you're weary, God can still give you strength. If you're hurting and broken, God can mend you. If you think all hope is lost, it's not. It's not. You're just broken. And it's awesome when we come to God broken because 
it's so amazing watching him mend us the way he wants to mend us. God, whoever you spoke to in this message, let them know that they are loved, that there's hope, that there's hope. They can live for you if they want to. There's nothing in this world that can separate them from your love. You still love them. Even after failure, I'm still going to pick myself up and run. God, tell them you love them. Tell them you've been waiting for them. Like the man waiting for his prodigal. Every night coming out to the window. Lighting a candle and looking out. Waiting for what one day that they would see you walking back home. Jesus, we thank you for the presence that we have felt in this service. God, if you have anything for anybody here right now, give it to them, Lord. And no, no amount of crying can express how you have moved. You move through silence. You move through stillness. And you also move through thunder. You also move through tears. You also move through shouting and joy. So God, I'm going to believe you right now. That you have moved. That you have touched that you have done, that you have fulfilled what you wanted to in the hearts and in the minds that you wanted that we're accepting. God, we praise you. We glorify you. And I love you. Jesus, we love you, Lord. I worship you. I worship you. I've learned, I've learned to, to depend, depend upon his word. his word. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, well, through it all. Oh, yes, now through it all. Oh, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Oh, I have learned to trust in God. Oh, yes, now well, through it all. Upon his word, Jesus. Well, through it all, failure is not your finish line. Through it all, you're not through. You're going through. Jesus, I'm not through. Trust God. I'm going through.